Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We know that the coronavirus pandemic is disrupting the economy as well as the obvious health effects. We wonder how is all this affecting small businesses in Utah? Well, today on the program, we're going to check in with some small business owners, see how things are going. We'll also have experts on hand to answer your questions about applying for a loan on behalf of your small business or nonprofit under the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, or CARES Act, recently enacted by Congress. Later in the program, to answer those questions on the CARES Act, we'll be talking with Warren Coons from Cache Valley Chamber of Commerce and with George Danes and Craig Mon from Cache Valley Bank. They've been processing a bunch of those uh, Small Business Administration loans under the CARES Act. Uh, we begin with some small business owners. We'll be talking with Nathan Wagner with Escalante Outfitters, uh, Lisa Wilson, uh, Cafe Ibis, uh, present CFO, Cafe Ibis, of course, uh, iconic business in uh, Logan, and Ken Sanders with uh, Ken Sanders uh, Rare Books um, in Salt Lake City. Um, so let's see who we have uh, on the line. We have everybody on the line? Okay. Uh, so Ken Sanders, so welcome back to the program. <laughs> I, I think I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really don't. I don't. I don't know where the tech I am. Yeah, that's <laughs> boy. That's that's. We're, we're having a lot of technical issues down mm. here with things like computers and broadband width and telephones and oh yeah, that coronavirus thing. Huh? <laughs> just oh, by the way, yes, we 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 uh, we're scrambling here, but we're glad we got you on, Ken. Thanks for joining us. Well, we'll see how long it lasts. Okay, very good. Uh, Lisa Wilson with uh, Cafe Ibis, are you there? Good morning, Tom. Good good morning. Good morning. Uh, appreciate you joining us. And Nathan Wagner with Escalante Outfitters, are you are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Thank you. Okay, okay, great. You're sounding uh, loud and clear. Uh, well, let me start with you, Ken. Um, Ken Sanders, uh, Ken Sanders Rare Books, a long-time business in Salt Lake City. Uh, this is undoubtedly the coronavirus, the pandemic has affected your business. I think I went to your website, you're doing uh, curbside service, are you? Yeah, well, yeah, we're, the, the stores, the store, like most of our stores and businesses are closed, we're somebody else to try and figure out how can we sell people things now, how can we get our books out there, how do we survive this, how do we, along with, like, you know, thousands or millions of other little businesses how do we get creative so we're trying to sell things on the web more the the phone lines if they work uh, are available we are will deliver books we ship them for free and you can pull up outside the store and somebody will bring a book out to that you bought we're really pushing gift card sales uh, anything we can think of to to survive this it's unsettling and it's unknown and we get day to day hour by hour none of us know what what to expect uh, speaking of my own bookstore you know in the past almost 30 days uh, we've seen somewhere between two-thirds to three-quarters of our <clears throat> daily sales simply disappear and vanish and I'm sure uh, my fellow business owners on the phones have similar stories. The, the debt, our bills, don't go away because the sales go away. So we're scrambling to deal with, uh, I have six of us, with, myself included, on our payroll. Uh, 
so far they're all still getting paid, even though some of them, because of corona exposure fears, have had to be quarantined for up to two weeks at a time. We're fumbling through it, and so uh, I don't know what tomorrow brings. Yeah, there, there's a lot of unknown. Uh, I, can I, I imagine, you know, this is small businesses especially are, are dependent on people, uh, you know, coming in. When we're social distancing, that really, that's, that's the biggest hit, I guess. Yeah. It's devastating. Uh, so Lisa Wilson, um, reading the, the website for the Cafe Ibis. Um, so is the, is the place closed at this point to the public? Yeah, the cafe at 52 Federal Avenue has been closed since March 20th. Uh, unfortunately, we did lay off all of the employees there. Um, at the end of February, we had about 38 employees in total at both of our locations. Our other location is our wholesale coffee roasting facility. Um, there's still 17 of us remaining at the roasting plant. Um March 14th, we decided to close down and do some major cleaning, kind of rethink how we could serve customers at the cafe, um, open back up that Monday, and business declined rapidly during that week. Uh, people became more aware of the serious nature of what we were dealing with, and eventually we closed that Friday. Um, you know, what goes along with laying people off, is loss of health insurance and other benefits, um, and it's been a really painful time uh, to deal with that. Yeah, that, that, is, that is painful to have to lay people off, you, you know, that a lot of uncertainty of their lives. Uh, so you close, you close that second time because I guess people, uh, people are worried, I guess, they don't want to be close to other people. Yeah, I mean, our, our employees were concerned about their own health. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Cafe Ibis being an iconic business in this valley, um, feeling responsible for general public health and, you know, what's best for our customers and our employees. And we just felt like we needed to be closing that operation down temporarily while we get through this crisis. Mm-hmm. Um we also realized we have a fairly diverse customer base um, with our business. We had our own retail cafe, retail website. We have a lot of small and private coffee shops and restaurants around the state and the West, university and office accounts, um, and grocery accounts. And those grocery accounts are helping us get through this time. Uh, we'd encourage people to you know, check out online ordering with groceries. That's kind of an efficient way to do business for a, a business like ours. Um, we've converted local coffee bean sales uh, to the roasting plant so you can order online and pick up in our parking lot. Um, that said, you know, selling a 12-ounce bag of coffee is a whole lot different from shipping out a 70-pound box to one of our, you know, major private coffee shop accounts or a grocery account. Um, it's just not the same. Uh, we've probably seen around a 38% drop in sales since mid-February. So we're, we're getting through it. We're figuring it out. We're doing a lot of things on the fly um, and appreciate the patience uh, of the public as we do figure these things out. Mm. 
Yeah, I guess you you have to get to as creative as you as you can, and and hope this doesn't last a whole whole long time. Uh, let me turn uh, to Nathan Wagner, Escalante Outfitters. Uh, so, uh, tell us briefly, Nathan Wagner, what what you do? Yeah, um, we're down here in Escalante, Utah. Um, we're one we're one of the gateway communities to Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument, and um, we do just about everything here. Um, we have a gear store. We have a coffee shop. We um, actually use Cafe Ivas Coffee. We sell books as well, and I buy books from Ken. <laughs> so we're all kind of linked together in our shop here. Um, we have a state liquor agency here on the premise, and we have cabins that we rent out plus campgrounds. So we're kind of in the whole tourism industry down here mm-hmm. um, in Escalante. D- does that diversification, does, does that help you? What, what parts of the business are closed and what parts are open? Well, um, the, unfortunately, um, everything's closed except for DABC, which is we're required to stay open during um, parts of the day. Um, so, yeah, we're, we are right now coming into our season where this is when we make all of our money. Um, our business closes for part of the year, so we're a seasonal business. So when we get hit with this at this time period, it really, uh, really uh, turns the screw on us. It, it hurts. Uh, because this is, we have such a short window into which time we need to make our money. Hmm. Uh, so you, uh, you obviously need, well, everybody needs things to reopen. Uh, you especially, this is the time of year, a short window where you make all your money. Right, exactly, yeah. Usually over the Easter season, the Easter weekend is one of our busiest times. And so we're not going to have that right now. Um, just recently, the Grand Staircase was, you know, um, some of the, the public lands have been closing around us. Um, and just for health purposes, uh, we've decided that we would, you know, we've refunded as many of the cabins as possible, and we're trying to keep people safe and healthy in this little community that we have down here with limited medical resources. Mm. Uh, what about the community there? What How are, how are people doing? I imagine this is affecting other businesses in, in Escalante. Sure, um, absolutely. You know, um, it, there's not many of us, so we uh, we kind of have a you know we have a pretty good idea what's going on all around us. Um, you know, people uh, are well. It's kind of it, it's a mixed bag. Um, you know, in the very beginning, we had our county commissioners discussing how they wanted people to come down to the Escalante region. Um, there was even an article in the Salt Lake Tribune that said that they were kind of encouraging that at the time, where some of the businesses were like, well, hold on a sec, we need to kind of reassess the situation and look at how severe this could possibly be. And then in the interim, they've kind of changed their minds on that and, and are now requesting that people don't visit the region. Um, and I think, you know, right now we're just holding on to see what happens. Um, you know, we're trying to do what we can. Uh, we actually closed down for to-go food uh, just a little while ago, and that was out of request and concern for our own employees and for the, the members of our community. Our community uh, has a large population of kind of older people in it, and so we need to we need to watch that. We need to make sure that everybody's safe and that everybody feels comfortable. Mm. Uh, so, uh, I don't know how long you you guys can hold out. Is this uh, you know the, there's a real danger of small businesses across the nation. Uh, you know, that yeah. there's a certain point where you where you just have to close your doors uh, forever. Hopefully, that's not going to come real soon. I think that um, you know, with some of the different uh, programs that are out there, especially with um, the payroll 
um, loans that are coming out. It helps us keep some of our employees paid, but it doesn't do anything about the fact that there's been such a downturn in business where there's just no customers. And that's really going to be the issue that we have to deal with and we have to get creative with. Like Ken said, a lot of us are trying to do online business, which is something that we've never done before. We've always had kind of storefront properties that are really accessible and welcoming to the public. And so now we have to kind of try to recreate that somewhere else. Um, I think one of the things that's really key to helping small uh, small businesses stay open is the gift card situation. I mean, we're going to be here. We want to be here whenever this thing kind of clears up, and we want, but we need help keeping the doors open and the lights on now. So coming out and you know giving us a call, all these small businesses, and just seeing what they have to offer, be it gift cards or personal shoppers that can Skype you and walk you around their stores and help you find what you're looking for. Uh, if you just joined us, we're talking about the effects of the coronavirus pandemic on the economy, specifically small businesses in Utah. And so we're talking with Ken Sanders from Ken Sanders Rare Books in uh, Salt Lake City, Lisa Wilson with uh, Cafe Ibis in Logan, and Nathan Wagner with Escalante Outfitters. Later in the program, we'll be uh, answering your questions. We'll have some people in from Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce, Cash Valley Bank, uh, talking about how to apply for those uh, payroll protection uh, loans and uh, other resources that uh, the government's made available under the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, or CARES Act. Um, you're welcome to join us with your story. If you uh, own a small business or a nonprofit, we'd love to know your story, how things are going, and, and how people can help. You can reach us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. I'm going to turn back to Ken Sanders. Um, so there's, I think there's a reservoir of goodwill. I mean, I, I'm feeling it, Ken. I, I like support to you and, uh, and Cafe Abbas and Escalante Outfitters. Uh, how can people help? Well, yeah, no, um, our, I mean, I really feel for, uh, I'm sure Nathan has more employees than, than our little bookstore does, and are staggering up there. Uh, we can't cover these kind of losses ourselves. I never envisioned that I would be begging my customers for money in order to stay alive. I'm used to begging for money for other causes, like supporting public radio and other things I believe in. But I have to say, our customers, we have been pushing uh, gift certificates, as Nathan mentioned. Our customers are very loyal, and they are responding. It, it's not enough money to keep you alive, but it's it just... I'm so grateful every time I, I look at the email feed and somebody I know is sending in 25 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever they can afford. And it's, it's, that's the affirming part of this, that people really actually believe in what we, and I mean all of us, and not just the three of us on the phone here together, but all of us in this community, in this state. But it's going to take more. I want to give a shout-out to Mayor uh, Aaron Mendenhall, Salt, the Salt Lake City Mayor, for early on taking the lead in providing uh, city $50,000 grants, of which we were able, they've, they've gone through two rounds of them now, I believe. We were able to get in on that first round, although the paperwork damn near killed me. Mm -hmm. uh, but we we got it, we got that funded. But as Lisa would be able to attest to, um, to cover payroll, to cover my payroll for very many times, and her stars and whiskers, not much at all. So 
feel so grateful that the bureaucracy, our government, is actually trying. The, the state is also doing something following the city, although they're only $10,000. I think their grants, but goodness knows, it's the paperwork is maddening. This federal thing that's being called, you know, the Payroll Protection Plan, PPP, or sick something cares, I give up the act thing. I, this, they're so bewildering, bewildering. I don't, we, again, we finished one, we sent it in, we haven't heard anything back. But mm-hmm. everything is going to help because my goal is to get through this to the other end and still be selling books. I, I am one of these old people already. Um, my fear, I mean, of course I'm afraid of the coronavirus like everyone should be, and we're doing everything we can to, to isolate and socially distance. But it's going to take a lot more, and we are all in this together, and we'll have to get get through it together. Our customers, uh, it, it's grateful to see. One weird thing that, that I'm doing is every Thursday I'm doing a at 6 o'clock at night uh, on no radio station, just on with my, my friend, because I'm a Luddite. My friend helps me. Mm-hmm. I, we did a inaugural uh, kitty show online on Facebook and on YouTube, and it will be on uh, tomorrow night from 6 to 7 p.m. on our Facebook page, and I don't know how you get it on YouTube. And I'm just having fun with it and getting really, really goofy with the, the kids and just trying to have fun and do everything but not talk about the coronavirus. And we also, we're trying to figure out ways of giving back as well. So we have this giant dollar book wall outside the shop for orphaned and unwanted books. For the indefinite future, we've turned that into just a free book wall. And there's, you know, about 500 books out there at any time. We keep it full. And they're just absolutely free if people need books to read. But you got to socially distance while you're browsing. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's true. Uh, by the way, the, the, the Ken Sanders show on Facebook, I'd, I'll tune in for that. When is that again? Six o'clock? It's six to seven p.m. Yeah. Uh, every Thursday night. And okay. It's like it, we at our website, we have the URL for the Facebook, and I think the address for the YouTube will be up um, sometime today. Okay. And I, I just have fun with it. I, I'm going to be reading from um, two children's books authors that are my favorites, of course. George MacDonald, who wrote the wonderful The Princess and the Goblin. He also did at the back of the North Wind and a whole bunch of other titles. And also a favorite uh, children's book author named Bird Baylor, who did these beautiful, illustrated by Peter Parnell, the same artist that illustrated the original first edition of Edward Abbey's Desert Solitaire way back when. Uh, and then working with the... Uh, um, the Leonardo here in town, we're going to launch a series of adult reading and poetry shows that I will be just a small part of uh, to give the, the parental units uh, something to do. Yeah, that, that's important, too. That's important. Uh, let me turn uh, next uh, again to Lisa Wilson, Cafe Ibis uh, in Logan. Uh, same question. Uh, there's, I know there's a reservoir of goodwill for, for your business, many of these businesses. Gift cards, is that the best way to help you right now? Um, probably not. Uh, we have 
a lot of gift cards out there, but because of the nature of our business, uh, we can't easily transfer use of those to our roasting plant, which is unfortunate, but that's the reality. Um, the best thing that could happen would be is when that cafe reopens, people come out in strong force and support us again. Um, now that people have realized they can live without their 4 or $5 latte every morning, there's a little bit of fear about whether um, you know, I can live with my coffee pot at home. Um, and this might be a culture-changing moment in society. Um, so I, I hope that people return to some previous way. We know that it will not be the same. Uh, probably not going to be able to do business in the same way that we've done it in the past. Uh, but hope that people will return in force. Um, the governor put out the Utah Leads Together plan March 24th. In that report, uh, there were three phases of this crisis listed. The urgent phase, which we're in now, uh, the stabilization phase, and the recovery phase. And my brain needs kind of a psychological target for things. I need to be able to put a, a measure or a date to things. And that report helped me a lot to put things into perspective and to try to start making a plan. Um, and then Jared Turner with the Small Business Administration in Brigham City did a webinar that kind of put some dates to those phases, which helped me even a little bit more understand how we might think of this crisis in total. And if the urgent phase started March 16th, the soonest we might think of getting through that urgent phase is May 11th. And I've got that date posted on a page on the side of my desk, and we're checking off week by week by week. We're three, three and a half weeks in, and we've got a ways to go uh, to get through just the urgent phase. Uh, and then, you know, after that, it could be early June before we really get through it. Um, I'm just hoping that these measures that we're taking now um, and maybe our rural nature here hope, hopefully will help us get through this a little faster, um, that we can get right through that stabilization phase and on the recovery phase sooner than later. And that, that'll be the best thing is just get through this and try to get back to normal. Yeah, that that does help, right? To to put even though even though we don't know, it's it's helpful to to put some dates out there to peg our hopes right. on. Yeah, uh, let me turn to, to back to um, Nathan Wagner with Escalendia Outfitters. Um, picking up that thread, what? Uh, well, first of all, what can people do? Gift cards? Is that is that useful to you? Right. Um, yeah. Well, of course. Like I said before, we're we're really trying to redefine how we can possibly make money. And I think, well, first and foremost, people need to kind of be patient with all of us because as we make these transitions, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what to do. We're trying to stay ahead of the curve on this, um, especially people with, you know, reservations and then people that want to come in and, and, and be in the store. Um, there's been kind of a fl- influx of people that are trying to self-isolate in some of these really remote places like Escalani, where I live in. And so just asking people to be patient with us so we can all kind of figure this out together is important. And then just to keep us going by supporting us in any turn they can. Um, I've got 
you know, community members that are calling me and they're buying, you know, the Cafe Ibis beans that I have on, on my shelf, which I usually sell in the cafe. And so, you know, people are really helping out that way, and they're looking for ways that they can be like, hey, how can I help out? How can I spend money? What do you have now that I don't have now in the community? And we're trying to kind of get that out to everybody and let, you know, kind of help people fill in the gaps of the things they're short on here. Um, but really, when the long term, you know, what it comes down to is kind of like what she was saying, uh, Lisa was saying at Cafe Ibis, is that when the, time, when the tide changes, we need to remember the places that we love and the places that find us solace. We need to come back out and visit those places and support those small communities that are there as well. You know, um, if this thing goes into June and July and August, which is usually can kind of slow down for us, um, you know, it's important that people come out and they visit, they visit us, they recharge, they get a chance to uh, be outside again and, um, and support the small businesses that, that, are, that are down here. But, yeah, gift cards, uh, give us a call. We can try to help you out. Um, you know, find things that you want, you know, kind of running sales and specials on everything we can just to try to keep the doors open whenever this whole thing blows over. So. Well, let me, uh, let me uh, uh, conclude this segment um, with, in kind of a reverse order. So starting with Nathan Wagner, uh, give us contact points. So how can people uh, reach Escalante Outfitters? You can reach Escalante Outfitters. We're about to get an online store up and running, uh, which will be EscalanteOutfitters.com online. So you can go and check that out. That'll also give us, give you all of our up-to-dates on uh, if we end up doing takeout food in the future, when we're going to do that, when we're going to start allowing bookings for our cabins and everything online there. And then you can also call us and just check in with us. If you, you know, if you're at home self-isolating, give us a call. Um, we might have a jacket or something that you want to you pick up or a map for a future trip that you're coming down here. Um, so you can call us on our phone number, which is also at the website, EscalanteOutfitters.com, or it's 435-826-4266. All right, uh, very good. Uh, we have a couple of emails come in, and I want to get these in before we uh, uh, conclude this segment. Uh, this is from Preston. He says, Hi, I'm here listening and wanted to add a note of good news from small a small business owner in Cache Valley. I own a small tree service. And I've found that business uh, has been really good through this COVID-19 pandemic. Partly, I've found it easy to maintain social distancing standards while I work. None of my customers are rubbing shoulders with me while I climb around their trees or drag branches off their lawn. And appointments and payments can all be handled remotely. Also, I think there's been a bit of a boom on calls for folks wanting their fruit trees pruned. I think it comes from a feeling of trying to be more self-sufficient in their food supply. Thanks for a great program. I really feel for other small businesses and people all over the world that are suffering economically and emotionally from the pandemic. I'm praying for us all. Uh, thank you, Preston. So uh, he's, uh, his business is doing okay. Uh, people are wanting to uh, get their fruit trees and other trees pruned. Um, and then uh, this from uh, Glenn, uh, who's out in the Owner Basin. Glenn says, hello, I want to express my sympathy for all the businesses who have been adversely affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm fortunate enough to be working within an industry which is considered essential. Looking ahead with an eye toward history, I envision a somewhat permanently changed business climate. 
I base this upon the way the very foundations of society were changed due to the 1348 plague pandemic, where many of the working class uh, succumbed. This left a void of working people, which led to a rise in a middle class due to their ability to command value for their services. A good many of the currently valued and taken for granted elements of our society have their roots here, there. Capitalism, credit, business, education, art, architecture, diplomacy, modern government, all can be traced back to this watershed moment in society. I'm not saying that the COVID-19 pandemic will have the same effect as the plague, but I do believe it will affect the business culture going forward. In particular, a good many cons- consumers are now getting their some of their hurdles uh, of home delivery over their hurdles of home delivery. Businesses will likely be compelled to maintain their impromptu delivery systems and even enhance them. It's also interesting to note how much of our government is expected to intervene within capitalism, and those politicos who are advocating such despite their general opposition to government intervention. Socialism much, says Glenn, strange bedfellows. What was I saying? Turned away from their beliefs like a dog to his vomit. That's uh, Glenn, um, who uh, says, he, he, his signature says, BS in history, USU, MBA, USU this December. Way to go, uh, Glenn. Go Aggies, he said. Uh, so let me uh, t- turn next to uh, Lisa Wilson. You were mentioned. So one of the things Glenn mentioned there was, I guess, a possibility people change their habits, and you're you're hoping people still come out and congregate at the cafe when they're able to. Yeah, we are, um, but we also recognize that uh, this turn that we've made to some local Cash Valley deliveries, which we feel is important for people to keep supporting their coffee habits um, is also introducing a new idea into people's heads that, you know, I'd rather have this delivered to my door than drive to the store to get it. Um, and, you know, we need to look at how how this is going to change the retail environment. Um, I, I think it absolutely is going to, and we're just going to have to figure out how to do it. Um, yeah, we talk about resilience. Um, this weekend actually marks the sixth anniversary of the death of Randy Worth, who is co-founder of Cafe Ibis. And we are here at Cafe Ibis. Many of us uh, are still here who are here during that time in 2014. And we're used to dealing with some major crises here. Uh, I believe we're going to get through this. We're going to figure it out. Uh, we're going to be better in the end for it, I hope. And just push through to the other side till we see those better days again. Yes, uh, here, here uh, on that. Uh, Ken Sanders give you the last word in this segment. Uh, I guess first of all, what? Uh, how can people reach you guys? Well, okay. So you know, we're we're physically located at two sixty eight South, two hundred East in Salt Lake City, eight four one one one. We welcome your mail, phone calls to eight zero one five two one three eight one nine. Uh, email inquiries to books at kensandersbooks.com. And our website is kensandersbooks.com. We have about twelve to 15,000 books online at any time. And our, unlike Nathan, we've been involved in the, the online world for, for many years now out of necessity. And we are really gearing up to see how we can really ramp that up now. Uh, I agree a lot with uh, Lisa about we, we are facing a paradigm shift that, you know, something, the axis of the universe has definitely shifted during this. Um, putting it bluntly, I think Mother Earth is pissed and she's letting us know. And I'm hope 
hopeful that something good will come out of this on the other side. Speaking from the one of us in the big city here, uh, multiple people comment constantly online on the phone. The air here, we can see the mountains, we can breathe it, you can taste the air is cleaner now. Uh, A lot of the way retail and service industries have functioned is going to shift even more, and I don't be, pretend to be smart enough to know what's going to come out of it, but hopefully the good will outweigh the bad, although when I read, in the, and I don't want to get political, but when I read in the online in the papers, the LA Times this morning is reporting uh, federal troops going into hospital areas and commandeering their supplies of masks and ventilators. What in God's name is that? Mm. Well, well, uh, it's it's I'll, a I'll little, shut up. <laughs> a lot of unknowns here. Well, do it. Yeah, we're we're just hoping all to to get through it uh, intact. Uh, Ken Sanders, Ken Sanders, rare books. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And uh, Lisa Wilson with Cafe Ibis in Logan. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Thank uh, you, Nathan and Ken. Best of luck to you. And Lisa, I didn't give you a chance uh, to give the contact points. Cafeibus.com. Uh, Yes. Uh, Ken, do you want to say something else? Well, it's from the Revolutionary War, and I, forgive me, I don't remember who said it. Surely we must all hang together, or they'll hang us one by one. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I think Benjamin Franklin, yeah. Uh, Nathan Wagner, Escalante Outfitters, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, so, there, guys. Uh, yes, hang in there. Uh, coming up in the second half of the program, following a break, we'll be talking with Warren Coons from Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce and with Craig Mon and George Danes from Cash Valley Bank. We'll answer your questions on uh, how to get a hold of some of this uh, this money that's been allocated by the by Congress, uh, the CARES Act. Uh, we'll talk about that following this break. This is Amy Anderson for Bringing More to Life. We are grateful for the many ways our families and communities support the residents of nursing homes, assisted living centers, and seniors everywhere. This population is at greater risk for being affected by COVID-19. Nursing homes and assisted livings across the nation have placed restrictions on visitors to protect their residents. However, restricting visits does not mean curtailing communication from family and friends. We encourage you to use email, FaceTime, Skype, snail mail, or a simple old-fashioned telephone call to check in with the seniors you know. Communicate with their family or care center to find the best way to connect. Together, we will continue to provide the physical and social support our community members deserve and desire. Support for bringing more to life on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our listeners and the Sunshine Terrace Foundation in Logan. Advancing wellness, independence, dignity, and comfort. Information at sunshineterrace.com. Utah Public Radio is here for you with vital coverage during complex times. We want you to know that we're working hard to bring you accurate and in-depth reporting on the election, latest on the new coronavirus, and many other stories. We made the decision to postpone our spring member drive in order to keep our airwaves devoted to the important news that's happening all the time right now. However, we still rely on member support to keep this service strong. If you can give something today to help make the service continue for everyone who needs it, we welcome your support at upr.org. And thank you. 
Support for Cache Valley Non-Denominational Sunrise Service is made possible by Cache Valley Mortuary, offering memorable remembrance experiences and celebrations of loved ones' lives, unique funeral services and pre-planned options that help families through the grief and healing process. Located in Hyde Park. Information at cvmortuary.com. Thanks for listening to Access Utime. Tom Williams. Uh, in the first half of the program, we talked with uh, small business owners around Utah, checking in to see how things are going. Uh, the coronavirus pandemic certainly hitting uh, small businesses hard. Uh, in this segment, we're going to uh, check in and uh, see how businesses can receive some relief. Of course, uh, the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, or CARES Act, was recently enacted by Congress, uh, providing uh, a lot of dollars to uh, help, in at least in part, uh, small businesses, mid-sized businesses. So we're going to check in and uh, uh, get your questions uh, answered. If you uh, are seeking to apply for a loan on behalf of your small business or nonprofit under that CARES Act. Uh, before we jump into that, I just want to mention briefly uh, there's something uh, kind of fun happening in Logan today. So today, Wednesday, numerous downtown businesses in Logan are hosting a teddy bear hunt. Uh, this is based on Michael Rosen's children's book, We're Going on a Bear Hunt. So many of businesses in downtown Logan are participating. Uh, families can uh, go around to see the teddy bears in the window um, and uh, participate in that. That starts at 10 a.m. and goes to 6 p.m., a teddy bear hunt in, uh, in downtown Logan. Uh, so we uh, bring in our guest for this uh, this uh, half of the program, Warren Coons with Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Tom. Thank you for letting us let us talk. Thank you, uh, George Danes from Cash Valley Bank. Thank you. Are yes, you- I appreciate the opportunity to participate on your program this you, morning. You bet. Thanks for joining us, and Craig Mon also with Cash Valley Bank. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Let me start with Warren Coons. Uh, this is important information to get out there, at, and uh, we'll we'll hear from Cash Valley Bank a little later. That uh, I understand that uh, <laughs> many, many, many uh, business owners have been applying for these uh, these loans. Uh, just just tell us in brief um, that that a lot of money has been allocated. Yes, um, and I think George and, and Craig can talk more in depth about that, but just giving a quick overview, we did a survey of our chamber members, and we have 540 organizations in our chamber, and we had 111 responses, and um, out of those, 38% were extremely negatively in- impacted by COVID-19, and 47% were somewhat negatively impacted, so that's a total of about 85% that have been um, impacted in a negative way. Um, that's representing manufacturing, healthcare, food service, insurance, real estate, automotive, business marketing. So it's pretty diverse in terms of the responses we got, and that's about a fifth of our organizations that responded. So it's uh, pretty good. But we are also in the process of contacting all 540 organizations to see where people really are and how hard they've been hit. Obviously, hospitality, hotels, and travel may be the worst. A close second, real estate, and most of the restaurants although there are a few restaurants that are fast food are actually doing better than normal, so we have some exceptions. And manufacturing, our biggest sector of in, terms of in terms of employment in the Valley, a few of them have had to reduce their production because of the social distancing that they need to do. Uh, we have over 240 manufacturers in the Valley, which most people don't realize. Um, anyway, so that's kind of an overview of what's, what's been going on with our businesses. 
so you, the the ones you would think would you know the the hospitality, the restaurants have been really hard hit, but but it sounds like a broad range of businesses have been very hard hit. Absolutely, and like I said, some exceptions, but for the most part, overall a little bit negative. Yeah. Uh, so George Danes, Cash Valley Bank. Uh, you you talked, I think it was just yesterday with uh, with Carrie Bringhurst here. I believe you told her uh, a day and a half. Is this true? A thousand applications came through just Cash Valley Bank. Well, we. Uh, I'll give you a report this morning. We have uh, one thousand five hundred and seventy-two applications that we've processed, and we have approval from the SBA to proceed on those. Uh, we have another thousand or so that are in the in the waiting list. So we're getting a lot of them approved. The total dollars of the loans approved is three hundred and thirty-eight million. Uh, I, I asked to, how many of those loans are for really small businesses under a hundred thousand. There were nine hundred and forty-five. So, roughly two-thirds of our loans are for smaller businesses that are under a hundred thousand. We're really pleased with the program. Uh, the SBA site was a little bulky to begin with, but we're able to process loans quite quickly now. I believe yesterday we closed the first loans. Uh, I think we distributed $72 million yesterday. So everything seems to be running. Uh, we're working very hard to keep up with the applications, and things are going well. The program is working. Yeah, those are incredible numbers, and that's just with your bank. Um, that, that indicates a, a big need. There is a huge need. Uh, we, we really feel strongly that this is a program that will help our small businesses. Uh, so we're doing everything we can. We had teams working through the weekend 24-7 to get those loans approved, and we're trying to get the money out as quickly as we can. Mm. I want to get it just briefly, uh, in a couple of minutes, get into the, the process, because I think that's going to be very useful information for people. Uh, but uh, Craig Mon, I want to turn to you next. What kinds of businesses are applying? You know, it's been all kinds of businesses that we've seen coming through. Restaurants, hotels, um, you know, we've had nonprofits come through as well. Nonprofits are eligible for the program. Um, and like George mentioned, we've seen a, a pretty wide spectrum from the very small businesses. You know, these are some loans that are, you know, five or six thousand dollars to cover payroll for two and a half months, all the way up to larger loans. Um, you know, where there are small businesses, but they have larger payrolls, and so it, you, they can get into the millions of dollars. Um, but you know, we're we're really we're really happy to see. Um, that people are able to use the program, that they're able to apply. And, you know, from our side, we're, like George mentioned, we, we were able to send out our first loan documents yesterday. Um, although I will say we, we had some revisions from the SBA that we're going to have to apply on loan documents going forward, but it felt good to finally be able to start getting some of that money out into the community. Um, so you, you did say nonprofits are, nonprofits can apply. Yeah. Um, there, if you're a 501c3, then you are eligible to apply for the program. There are a few other stipulations in there, um, but yeah, in general, they they are they are 
uh, qualified to apply, and we've had a few of them come through already from the community. Mm. Uh, Warren Coons, Cashbell Chamber of Commerce. Uh, the, these loans apply obviously nonprofits, small businesses, mid-sized businesses as well. Yes, mid-sized. Uh, there was a. There's some special things. The Main Street um, part of the CARES Act for the for the for the bigger businesses. Um, the nonprofits could can also apply for bridge loans. Round two coming up um, from eight, April 13th on to April 16th, um, and I don't believe they could get bridge loans in round one. So they should do that. We have 60 um, nonprofits in the chamber. Of course, there are way more nonprofits than that in the valley. So they should take advantage of those bridge loans as well. Mm-hmm. And that the bridge loans uh, come available April 13th. You said. Yes, for the round two. Round yes. two, okay. All right. For nonprofits. Yeah, so keep uh, uh, you know keep um, in the loop. I guess for for businesses in Cache Valley, uh, contact contact you, contact Chamber of Commerce to keep up to date with this. Absolutely, we can help. The Small Business Development Center with Mike Young up at USU can also help. Um, the Business Resources Center down at BTEC can also help. There's there's a lot of resources that can help you. And, of course, your lender is really important to go to. That's the most important thing, to go to a trusted lender and beware of scams. Uh, yeah, and I guess that's a problem. Uh, and I guess this would apply wherever you're listening in Utah. Go to your Chamber of Commerce. Uh, go to your technical college. Um, go to the university uh, near you. Uh, so uh, I want to get George uh, Danes. I want to get into the process. So if if I'm a, a small business owner uh, or applying on behalf of a nonprofit, uh, I I what I just go approach the financial institution of my choice. Well, uh, you have a couple of choices as to how to how to do this. Um, it is a relatively simple form. Some of the calculations uh, may be things people are not used to doing, like calculating what all of their payroll costs are. So we really tried to create two alternatives. One is to do it yourself, uh, work with the bank. The bank will try and provide all the information you need and answer your questions. An alternative that we really think is the best alternative for most small businesses is to use an accountant to help them. Uh, the accountants are very experienced in the kinds of questions that have to be answered on the application. Uh, they can quickly take the information that's needed, provide the answers, and fill in the form and get it ready for submission. So we've made arrangements with most of the local accountants in our area, and we're doing the same thing in St. George and in central Utah and down in Bountiful is to reach out to the accountant and uh, sign them up on a compensation agreement so we can pay them for their services and then set it up so that they can use our portal and quickly help their their customers apply. I want to emphasize you don't need to use a professional to do this. You can try and do it on behalf of yourself or on behalf of your business. However, if you choose to use an accountant, the way the system is set up, you do not have to pay the accountant because the accountant is paid out of the processing fee that we receive. So it costs you absolutely nothing to use an accountant. So that's, that's really what I would suggest most people do if they 
have a relationship with an accountant. One of the things that that, that does is because the forms are ready to go when they get to us, we can process them more rapidly. The other thing is it provides a good person to give them advice and counsel about how to use the program, how to qualify, and then how to get the forgiveness of their loan. So I guess that's maybe a longer explanation than you wanted, but you start by either getting the application, which you can get from our bank online, or go to an accountant. Yeah, no, that's uh, that, that's perfect, um, and and that's a, a very important point. The accountant's paid for under the loan, so you you know, I mean, it, you ought to use an accountant if you know one. Um, so, uh, Craig Mon, there's some considerations. Um, I'm looking at uh, some materials sent out by Cash Valley Bank. Timing considerations. Uh, this this sense is in bold. You should carefully consider and decide when the loan should be originated in order to maximize the positive impact of your loan. For example, if you're a restaurant, you're closed right now, uh, maybe time the loan to, to kick in for near the time you're going to reopen. Right. So one of the, one of the aspects of this bill is um, they, they have what is called the covered period that runs from February 15th until June 30th. And once you get your loan, any, you have eight weeks within that covered period to spend the money. And if, as long as you're spending that money on payroll, rent, utilities, now 75% of it has to be spent on payroll, um, and it's before June 30th, that entire amount gets forgiven. Um, so, you know, as we look at that, what, as we say, you know, businesses should really be maximizing the amount of time that they can use that money to positively impact their business. So if you look at June 30th and go back eight weeks from June 30th, that's actually May 6th. So May 6th is the last date that you have within the covered period to be able to spend, to be able to have eight weeks to spend the money to be forgiven. Now, if you're a business owner, if you're a restaurant and your employees have already been furloughed and are on unemployment, you know, as we've looked at it, it may be more advantageous to wait a little bit towards, you know, towards that May 6th date to bring your employees back on so that you have the maximum amount of time um, to leverage that money and hopefully, and hopefully reopen your business. Now, the one thing, the one thing is there, there is a cap on this program, and we're pretty confident that Congress will come back and fill the bucket up again if all of the money gets dispersed um, because there's a lot of support for small businesses on both the left and the right. But even then, there's a, there is a risk that they, they don't do that. And so that's, that's the one consideration that you have to make in thinking about timing is, you know, do you take the money now or where, you know, you don't have that risk, as big a risk of it running out, or do you wait for a minute to try to maximize the time that you have to bring your employees back on before your business can reopen. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, we're reaching the end of our, our, our time, but some very important information, and hopefully we've got out the, the key bits of information here. Uh, but I just want to, uh, uh, with the last couple of minutes that we have left, uh, get some contact points. Uh, so Warren Coons, Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce, what's the best contact point for, for the Chamber of Commerce? Yeah, that would be the cashchamber.com 
or call us at 435-752-2161. And George Danes, uh, best uh, contact points you were saying, uh, contact your accountant or contact your bank. So Cash Valley Bank, what's the best contact point? Uh, Go ahead and get them that number, would you, Craig? Yeah, so cashvalleybank.com is a great is a great way to apply, or you can call our customer service at 1-888-418-5333. And uh, just a minute left, uh, George Danes, what would you tell people about, uh, I, I guess, uh, some people are going to be possibly intimidated by the process. I guess if you go get yourself an accountant and you realize that accountant's going to be paid for under this, uh, th- that could ease some fears. Yes, I, I think that would be a, a way to start. If they contact us, we can send them a brochure about the program. You should not be intimidated about this. Um, I'm curious, Warren, has the Chamber applied yet? Uh, the Chamber has not. We're doing okay. We're doing what we can to help other people, but we're doing, we're doing just fine. Well, Warren, I just want to tell you, if, if your application would be welcome because you're the type of a nonprofit that would qualify. So... That's what I'd like to encourage everyone. This is a chance to get your business some money to get over the hump with respect to the coronavirus problems. Thank you. You you heard it here first, an invitation for the Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce. Uh, yeah, and, and, and George, uh, uh, important point, nonprofits. Nonprofits can apply. Uh, so we've reached the end of our time. George Danes with Cash Valley Bank, uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Craig Mon with Cash Valley Bank, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Uh, you too. And Warren Coons, Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce, thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. Uh, tomorrow uh, we'll have a very interesting program. Patty Raymond, author of the book uh, Humans Think, Animals Feel. Uh, she's also a pet psychic. Uh, she'll be on with us answering your uh, pet questions. That's the program tomorrow. Thanks for listening today. Utah Public Radio is a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSUFM Logan. Also heard at upr.org. We're all feeling a little bit more disconnected from each other as social distancing efforts continue to help mitigate the spread of the coronavirus. But at Utah Public Radio, we're always your community connection. Please support us and donate to upr.org.